One sec. In the world today, we are very concerned about what is better, right? I mean, commercials tell us which laundry detergent works the best. Which car will make our life so much better? Many of us argue about which sports team is the best. Amen. Very often, all you have to do is look out and you hear clamoring voices telling individuals what, what college is better, right? We are concerned with human, as human beings about what is better, what is the best. Or think about the presidential campaign. People are downright passionate about which candidate they believe is better. And so we carefully scrutinize each candidate. I've heard things said on both sides that if so-and-so wins, I am moving to Canada, right? Because there is the belief that whichever side doesn't align with whatever individuals believe, that, it, that if the other side wins, it could be catastrophic, right? For this country, right? For our own lives, for the world. We okay over there? Oh, we got That's true. So we carefully scrutinize the candidates, right? Um, think about Hillary Clinton's email controversy. Right? It, does that indicate anything about her integrity? Or, or how about Donald Trump? Does his fiery rhetoric tell us anything about his self-control, his ability as a leader? For many of us believe that if we make the wrong choice, it could be catastrophic. So we talk endlessly about who has better credentials, who is more qualified, not just for us, but for our country and for our world. We want to make the right choice. We want to believe in who is the most qualified, who is the best individual. And this is the same type of concern that the author of Hebrews brings into today's text. Who is the better high priest, not just according to our tastes, not just according to our desires and our wishes, but according to God's plan of salvation for the entire universe. And so in this text, out of the book of Hebrews, the writer spells out very specific qualifications of God for this individual. He begins with verses 1 through 4 and says that it must be a high priest like Aaron. The priest must be thoroughly human so that he can sympathize with the sinful people. And yet the priest also must be called by God to this position. No, this isn't a status, this isn't a privilege, but the priest must be called by God. And so what exactly is a high priest? And what does this mean for us today? Priests are put in charge of things pertaining to God. The role of a priest is really to advocate on behalf of God to the people, but also to advocate on behalf of the people to God. See, priests are also human beings. Being a priest is a daunting task. It must not be entered into lightly. For the writer tells us, one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God. You see, priests make sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins for the people. And what the writer of Hebrews tells us is that Jesus was our great 
high priest. And this week's reading is really a continuation of the text that Jan preached on last week, which says these words. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. Just a couple weeks ago, as we began looking into the book of Hebrews, we, we saw that, that the writer helped us understand that Jesus Christ is fully human. And the gospel reading today tells us, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. For Christ is indeed our great high priest. In both Jewish as well as Greco-Roman understandings of the world, correct relationship with God was achieved through sacrifice. This is a priest's unique function, to mend the relationship between God and the people. And so Jesus, being our great high priest, is the one who mends our relationship with God. For Jesus is our great high priest. Now, an effective, a faithful priest, not only maintains a vertical relationship with themselves and God, but also works to nurture the horizontal relationship between the priest and the people that the priest is called to be responsible for. For the priest is able to offer sacrifices and sins for those who are wayward, because the priest, too, struggles with weakness. This is awesome. And Jesus doesn't struggle with weakness like other mortals and human beings do. But Jesus struggled, he suffered with us on the cross. And since Jesus is our high priest, he suffers with us as fellow humans. He offers himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is the perfect high priest. He doesn't need to make sacrifices of his own, but he is the one who can make supplication and prayer on behalf of us. His prayer will be immediately accepted. For Christ is indeed our high priest. The writer tells us, that Jesus has been designated by God to be a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. That's right. According to the order of Melchizedek. This is awesome, right? The order of Melchizedek. This is the good news. The order of Melchizedek. Truth be told, this week, as I was reading over the text, I'm like, what in the heck is Melchizedek, right? So I had to stop, stop and spend some time trying to figure it out. So I found out a couple of things. First off, Melchizedek was a king and a priest in Salem. And this king was a priest as well. And so maybe by saying Jesus was in the order of the Melchizedek, it's affirming that Jesus is not only our priest who is sacrificed for our sins, who mends the relationship between us and God. But Jesus is also our king, also our ruler. He advocates to God on our behalf, but he is also our Lord. In Genesis chapter 14, King Melchizedek offers Abram a specific blessing. 
He brought out the bread and he brought out the wine to Abram and he said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, maker of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. You see, Melchizedek seemed to understand that the role of a priest is to advocate on behalf of God to the people, but also to advocate on behalf of the people to God. He asked God to bless Abram, but then he also asked that God would be indeed blessed by Abram as well. This is what Jesus does for us. Through Jesus' death, he has destroyed death. Through Jesus' death, we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Through Jesus' death, we are blessed. Through Jesus' death, God has advocated on our behalf. But then, like his priestly predecessor Melchizedek, try saying that five times fast, priestly predecessor Melchizedek, Jesus asks that we then will be a blessing unto God as well. For those who have been blessed are then required to be a blessing. For Christ is our great high priest in the church. You and I are called to be the priests for the community and the world. See, Melchizedek understood. He prayed that God would bless Abram, but also that Abram would bless God as well. For because of our high priest Jesus, you and I can be priests in the community, in the world. Christ is our king. Christ is our great high priest. Therefore, we are a royal priesthood. The book of 1 Peter chapter 2 says these words, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. For Christ is our king. Christ is our great high priest. Therefore, you and I are a royal priesthood as well. This summer, I read this book entitled The Preaching Life by Barbara Brown Taylor. And in this book, she talks about the priesthood of all believers. And in it, she utters these words. To believe in one's own priesthood is to see the extraordinary dimensions of an ordinary life. To see the hand of God at work in the world and to see one's own hands as necessary to that work. Whether those hands are diapering an infant, assembling an automobile, or balancing a corporate account, those hands are God's hands claimed by God at baptism for the accomplishment of God's will on earth. For we are all to be priests in the world. God's hands are your hands. Your ears are God's ears. Your feet are God's feet. God has claimed us through Christ being our high priest is Christ's own forever. Our hands are God's hands. For we are all to be priests. A priest represents God to humankind and humankind to God each and every moment of every single day. For we are all to be priests. And each of us priests have different jobs. We wear different hats. Some of us wear the hat of teacher. Some of us wear the hat of retired. 
Some of us wear the hat of administrative assistant. Some of us wear the hat of student. Some of us wear the hat of computer technology people. Some of us wear the hat of mechanic. Some of us wear the hat of handyman. Some of us wear the hat of stay-at-home parents. Some of us wear the hat of retail managers. Some of us wear the hat of mathematician or scientist. But whatever hat we are wearing and whatever job we have, we must first remember that we are God's priest. For Christ is our high priest. But then, once we have acknowledged that, we begin to recognize that our hands are indeed God's hands in the world. Whatever hat we wear for our job, we are first and foremost a priest, God's person for God's sake in God's name. For we are all to be priests in the world. Preaching is not something that I do for 20 minutes here on a given Sunday. Preaching is something that we all do all week long. For we are all priests. Our vocation is to represent God to humankind and humankind to God. Also in this book, In the Preaching Life, Barbara Brown Taylor tells a story that helps us catch a glimpse to the priesthood of all believers. Hear these words. Several weeks ago, I took communion to an elderly woman in her home. She sat heaped in her wheelchair as I turned the television tray between us into an altar. Tiny chalice, tiny patten, and a yellow rose from the garden, all spread out on a white paper napkin. Because she was 97 years old and nearly blind, I suggested that she not bother with the prayer book. I'll read all the lines, I said. Yours and mine, too. You just join in in the parts you know, I said. She nodded, and as we began, each of us delivering our lines on cue until I came to the great Thanksgiving. Then, when I raised my hands, she raised hers, too. The sleeves of her flowered gown falling down her bony arms as she lifted her fists in the air. We faced each other across the table, mirror images of one another. Holy and gracious Father, I began, and your infinite love you made us for yourself. In your infinite love. The old woman said slowly, tasting each word. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, I went on, you and your mercy sent Jesus Christ in your mercy. She said, smiling as though someone she knew had just entered the room. When I realized she meant to say the whole prayer with me, I waited for her to catch up, and we prayed together, our voices looping through one another in an unstudied diet. You see, I had thought that they were my lines, but they turned out to be hers as well. No one had fooled her. All the years she sat watching someone else bless the bread and the wine, she knew that she was a priest. The woman understood. The priesthood of all believers. The priestly function of a Christian. For the ministries of the word and the sacrament, they begin here in the church, but they are lived out in the world. You and I have a responsibility to live out the priesthood of all believers. For God's hands are our hands. For Christ gave up his life for us, therefore we must give up our lives for others. This is the order of Melchizedek.
being blessed so that we might be a blessing to others. For he asked that God would bless Abram, but then that Abram would bless God. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. Christ was our high priest so that you and I can be priests as well in a broken, hurting world. Being blessed and thus becoming a blessing. For indeed, we gather to scatter. Tonight, I'm going to watch the Patriots game. It's a true story. And I'm going to pay attention to the game, not primarily just to the huddle when the individuals get together. If you don't watch a lot of football, the huddle was where the players get together to rehearse the play. They rehearse what they're going to do, right? And it's probably in just about another language, but it's something to you go here and you go here and you block here and you do this. And they figure out what they're going to do. The planning happens in the huddle, but the action happens in the field. After talking about it for a few moments, they leave and they go up to the line of scrimmage and they attempt to execute the play. The players gather to scatter. Just like the church. In many ways, our gathering is our huddle. We come together to rehearse God's story, to tell and experience what Christ has done, what we are going to do, and how we're going to do it. The rehearsing and the planning happens in church, but maybe the real action actually happens in the world. We gather to scatter. We are blessed to be a blessing. When we leave these doors, this is when the real stuff happens. This is when we have the opportunity to live out this priestly vocation in the world. Being a priest to the world is not a privilege. It's not a status, but it's a responsibility. For the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus was called by God and did not seek to glorify himself. Being a priest does not mean that we're above others. It does not mean that we're better than others. But it means that we are first and foremost servants. For Jesus says in the gospel reading, for whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our benediction each week reminds us that we are sent out into the world to do the work that God has given us to do. God's house, Bethel, which literally means house of God, is not meant to remain in this building. You and I should be building little Bethels in our homes, places of work, and neighborhoods. We are priests. We have a responsibility to name God's house in the world. The gospel we hear proclaimed each and every week is something that you and I are required to take part in. For we are the priests to the world. We have a responsibility. 
But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. In order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Blessed to be a blessing. Christ was priest so that we might be priestly as well. We can only be priests because Jesus Christ indeed was our great high priest first. For Jesus paid it all. We have been redeemed and restored and reconciled through Jesus' work on the cross. We have been blessed. Do we hold it to ourselves? Or do we become a blessing to others? Because he is our priest, in order to be like Christ, we must also be priests. Two and four others. For Christ is our priest. I thought of it this week. It's almost as if Christ is the priest to the church, and then the church are the priests to the world. And that picture stuck with me. Because God desires us, you and me, to be priests. Blessed. To be a blessing. But how are they to call on the one in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in the one of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim to them? The Apostle Paul wonders out loud. Who are those someone? Who are those priests? That is us. You and I are those someone. We are those priests. So the next time you read this text and you hear the order of Melchizedek, and you're not sure how to say it, and not sure what it means, think back. Abram was blessed to be a blessing as was Christ, as are you and me. For God has no hands but ours. Are you living into your vocation as a priest?